Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 1 John and learning how to walk in light, walk in love. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends. Thanks for joining us for a brand new chapter in our study of the book of 1 John, Walking in Light, Walking in Love. We've been talking a whole lot about love over the past uh, chapter. Matter of fact, we're not done. We've got a lot more of this chapter yet to go. But there's an important clarifying section here. In chapter 4, the first few verses, we're talking a little bit about the tests that we can self-administer. Have you done a self-administered COVID test yet? I have. And to get some results back? Well, in the laboratory of the Word of God, the Word of God gives us certain tests that we can look at to say, how can I have assurance that I am a child of God? How can I have assurance that I am, my faith is bona fide? I'm not deceived. I'm not just uh, a professing Christian, but I'm one that possesses uh, the legitimate salvation, the Bible the Bible promises. Well, we've, we've talked a little bit about that moral test in verse chapter one, if we walk in the light as he is in the light. And then we talked a little bit about the love test uh, there in chapter three. We, we've been talking about that. But I think chapter four, we can add a third one. And the language is not so much important to me as much as just the concept. And that is the doctrinal test. Yes. You know, we can't have any assurance of salvation or delude ourselves into thinking that we are genuinely saved if we don't have a proper view of Bible doctrine, especially as it relates to Jesus Christ. You know, that is a major theme that we find in the in this, in this epistle of John, how that even back in chapter 2, John talked about many antichrists, uh, and there is this spirit that is against Jesus Christ, and John wants his readers to be very well aware that there are not multiple choices of truth. There is one truth, and there really is only there only are two sides. We saw this to some degree. We talked about First John chapter three, the children of God, children of Satan. But it's going to come out very clear here. You know, it's not a smorgasbord to choose from. We have the spirit of Jesus Christ or another spirit, and we will see that as John plays that out here in this in this chapter. It's a really difficult truth to to stomach for our culture, for our generation, because we live in a society that celebrates multiculturalism. We live in a society that celebrates diversity. And listen, I I believe in diversity from the standpoint of red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight, and male and female created he them, and in Jesus Christ there's neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, we're all one in Christ. Matter of fact, diversity wasn't invented by some liberal professor in the 1970s in America. Okay, diversity is what the gospel teaches. The, the most, the most, the, the greatest book that celebrates diversity is the Bible, when it says that, hey, God loves everybody. And every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue will be around the throne of God. So there's diversity, but diversity of doctrine or diversity of quote-unquote truth is a misnomer. So uh, when our society says, well, as long as you're sincere and we just need to celebrate what everyone believes, 
but wait a minute. Well, when this person believes that this person is wrong and this person believes that what that person believes will send them to hell, then how do you celebrate that diversity of thought? Some Something has to be right. Something has to be wrong. Yeah, that's exactly right, Pastor. If I were to go out and tell a pastor, hey, the, the, the sky outside is green. Well, no, the sky is blue. You know, and they, they just both cannot be right. But people, you're right. People in our culture, they don't like that. They like to be, you know, multiple shades of truth. We're all just pick our own truth any way we can. But that is not the spirit of the word of God. That's not what God teaches us. Well, you know, so so look at it this way. Okay, so somebody says, Jesus is your only hope for heaven. Okay, now I would believe that. And I think you would too. So Jesus is the only hope for heaven. Somebody over here might say, Jesus is not the only hope for heaven. Okay, well, those statements are mutually exclusive. They can't both be true. Now, they could both be false. You know, I, I, somebody could make, the, could make the logical case that neither statement is true, certainly. But you, they can't both be true. Either one is true and the other one's false, or they're both false, but they can't both be true. So the whole the whole foundation of multiculturalism and diversity of, of thought and, you know, your, your truth, my truth, what's true for you is just a bunch of nonsense, really. Yeah, it sure is a bunch of nonsense. And people that say that there are, that there are no absolutes, that, you know, there's everybody's individual truth, that their statement is, is self-defeating because they're saying there are no absolutes. Well, that's an absolute statement. It is. And so people that like to try to get away from absolutes, they, you, can't do, you can't do that. The way God created the world, there is logic. Uh, there's the truth of God. And even if you try to defeat that, you'll be self-defeating in your own propositions about truth. Absolutely. Look, look at verse 1 as we talk about this doctrinal truth. Verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try Try the spirit, test them, we would say today, but but test them. Try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. There are a lot of people saying a lot of things that aren't true. Verse number two, hereby know ye the spirit of God. So how do we know that it is God's spirit that is ministering? How do we know truth? How do we recognize it? Uh, well, the Bible tells us, hereby know you the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. This is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already it is in the world. So, John, I, I, I think that well, first of all, let's talk about what, what what was the incipient doctrinal error of John's day? So why would he speak specifically of people that were denying that Jesus Christ was a human being? Uh, what, why this test? Well, you have to believe that Jesus Christ was actually a human being uh, because some were saying he was not. Why would it be like this one test? What, 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 what do you make of that? Yeah, here, you know, as you mentioned, Pastor, John knows that there is this air floating around that people, uh, some, some people say, well, yeah, Jesus was God, sure. But he wasn't, he didn't really have flesh. It just seemed he was in the flesh. He really wasn't. He was some kind of spirit being. They had different ways to explain it. But John knows, no, the Bible teaches very pointedly, very, very pointedly that Jesus is flesh. As a matter of fact, Hebrews 2 talks about why he had to come in the flesh. 
and Jesus is God in the flesh. And, and, and John knows if they don't believe what God has revealed about Jesus being the flesh, they are not believing the word of God. They're believing this philosophical uh, word that's going around. But if they're not grounded firmly that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, then they are not receiving what God has said about his son already. They are living in error. Living in error because of, of, of their false belief. But think about how important that truth is. So who is Jesus? What is the identity of Jesus Christ? Okay, he is God in the flesh. So both are important. He is God. There's the divine. He is man. And there's the human. He is the God-man. Have you ever heard this term, the hypostatic union? I know it sounds really scholarly, okay, but it's really not a hard word to understand. Hypostatic union means at the same time, he is both God and man. He is all God and all man. That's Jesus. All God, all man. And that is an absolute essential component to the fact that we're saved because he became us. He identified with us in our humanity. He became us. And yet he was without sin. He fulfilled the law that Adam broke. He was the second Adam from above. Sometimes we think about that, the last Adam, actually. Uh, he was the antithesis antithesis of man's failure. He succeeded where Adam failed. He obeyed where Adam did not. He is God, all God, and all man. If that were not true, we would not be saved. And for that to be true, we have to believe things like the essentials. For instance, we have to believe in the virgin birth because there is no human birth if, there, if, if he is not God in the flesh. So those that were teaching that Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh would have to deny the virgin birth. They would have to deny the bodily resurrection of Christ. They would have to deny that in any substantive way, he was tempted in all points like as we are. They would have to deny the substitutionary death of Christ in the sense of, of taking my place uh, as a human being. So there's all kinds of, this is a mushroom of doctrinal error. It sure is, Pastor. You're right. That... Jesus Christ being incarnated touches upon all aspects of our life as a believer. Uh, and the Bible makes it clear in many passages about how that if Jesus did not come in the flesh, it did not, if he did not take upon real flesh, then he would not have defeated Satan. He would not have defeated the devil. He could not have died for us. In order for us to have our sins forgiven, we had to have someone who was the perfect human being who could die in our place so that we might so we might know God. And so this idea of trying to spiritualize the being of Jesus Christ actually takes the foundation out of Christianity as far as Jesus Christ being God in the flesh. That is a linchpin of our doctrine. If you get rid of that, there's no reason to believe in Christ because you're not believing in the Jesus Christ as he really is. So the Bible says that hereby know we this, that we're of the Spirit of God. First, hereby know you the Spirit of God. So God's Spirit has a ministry. The Holy Spirit has a ministry. And the ministry of the Holy Spirit in part is to not speak of himself, but to speak of Christ, 
to bring all things that Christ did, all things that Christ said into remembrance, to glorify Christ, to convince people of their need for Christ, to convince the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, to show them Jesus, because Jesus is not physically on earth today in the flesh. The Holy Spirit of God is convicting and showing people Christ. So What's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? The purpose of God's Holy Spirit is to show Christ. E- even in your life, as the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of every believer, his job is to make us more like Christ, to show Christ, to show us the image of Christ so that we can be more and more changed into that image. So when people are wrong on the person of Christ, then that's not of the Spirit because the Spirit of God is always going to educate us about and point toward the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I think, Pastor, how that God God wants his people to know truth. He wants them to know what it is. You know, God is not trying to hide things from his children uh, so they can't know what God really, you know, wants to teach us. I think in Deuteronomy, how God gave the Israelites a couple couple of tests. You know, here's how you're going to know if a a prophet is false or not. And God gave them the test of, you know, with what they said came true. But even beyond that, more authoritatively, you know, with what they said, didn't measure up with what God already had said. Mm. And then in the New Testament, God gives us here another test. God wants us to know the truth. Jesus Christ is the word of God. He is God in the flesh. God wants us to know him. And God wants us to know what he has said in his written word as well. And so God gives us tests. You know, back, think back in this day, you know, they didn't have the complete word of God. And there were prophets who were speaking, but God wanted them to have a test. Okay, what are those prophets saying? If those prophets are not speaking truth about Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what they are or what they're saying. They are not of God. God wants us to be assured of the truth of God. So how do we identify false doctrine today? Well, I think that the, the key to identifying false doctrine comes to what do people say about Jesus the Christ? What do they say about Jesus? So here, the, these Gnostics were saying, well, Jesus was not really a human being. Well, in so doing, they were undermining the very essence of what salvation is, that God became man, identifying with us so that we could identify with him. He identified with us in our humanity so we could identify with him and his divinity. He is the God-man. So they were wrong on Jesus is all man. Now, what's interesting today is that many of the false religions today are right about Jesus in the flesh, but they're wrong about Jesus as God. For instance, the Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Jesus was a God, uh, a a very, uh, he was a God. He was perfect, but he was not, he's not capital G God. He's not, they don't believe in the Trinity. So they're, they're wrong about the deity of Christ. They're not wrong about the humanity of Christ. Think about the Mormons. Uh, they would agree that Jesus is, came in the flesh, but uh, they would have a false idea of who Jesus is in divinity, you know, that we can actually be like him uh, and have our own worlds that we create. It's just crazy. Or, or the Muslims who would say, oh, Jesus came in the flesh. Jesus was a great prophet. He just wasn't God. So show me what a person says about Jesus 
even if they say good things about him, if they're not saying what the Bible says about him, that is a false prophet. It sure is, Pastor. And that is what is essential is what do people say about Jesus Christ? You know, people all, all, all day long, people talk about God sometimes. You know, you hear people who are famous or celebrities, they'll talk about what God's done for them. Now, I, I don't get the warm fuzzy, so to speak, when people say, talk about God, because what do they mean by that? But when people talk about the Lord Jesus Christ, he is their savior. He died for their sins. Now I understand more of what they really know about God and about the son of God. Satan wants people to get it wrong about Jesus Christ, because if they get it wrong about who Jesus Christ is, they are not going to believe in, in the God of scripture. They're not going to believe in the son of God because God has revealed who he is. He has revealed himself through his son, as Hebrews chapter 1 tells us very, very clearly. And so it is essential what people believe about Christ. And people may appear to be good religious people, but you're right. If they get the fact about Jesus Christ being the God-man wrong, they are not believers. There's no way in and of himself a person can know God. So because God in that sense is unknowable by human investigation, God gave us divine revelation. And the revelation that God gave us is Jesus. And Jesus said, you want to know me? You want to know who the Father is? You want to know about God? Here he is, Jesus Christ. So if we're wrong about Jesus, we're wrong about God. We're wrong about truth. We're wrong about eternity. We're wrong about everything. What's the test? The test is, what do you believe about Jesus? Well, I hope that helps today. Appreciate you hanging on for uh, these verses. We'll jump back into verse number four next episode. Hope you'll be here. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If Everyday Truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.